Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. We have a fun show here for you tonight. Film breakdowns of both Jaron Hall and Jordan Addison. Why? We've been talking a lot about them. Why not show you what's going on and what they're going to look like here moving forward for your Minnesota Vikings? Welcome to The Real Forno Show. Welcome to The Real Forno Show. Managing editor of the USA Today's Vikings Wire. Betting and college football analysis for the Fantasy Points website. Publisher of Substack Run and Shooter. Host of The Good, The Bad, and The Hungry on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. As well as a founding member of Vikings First and Skull. Dave, guess what? What? It's... Blurry. Kind of blurry, but it's not blurry. Okay. So we're that uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. And that's just a little be- a back end production meeting. I am your host, Tyler Ford. with me as always, top right corner is producer Dave. We have an exciting show here for you tonight. We are gonna break down film. And we've been talking a lot about Jaron Hall and Jordan Addison, the two highest profile draft picks the Minnesota Vikings have made in the 2023 NFL draft. So let's show you what's going on and what what they're going to look like and how it's going to work. I wish, as Dave mentioned in the comments, we had a Telestrator. But we don't. <laughs> what we have is me clipping a bunch of plays, sending them to Dave, and Dave uploading them in the system. So it is a true team effort here. But let's let's not beat around the bush. There's not really anything to talk about. Jaquel and Roy did sign his rookie contract, which that you're going to start seeing that come fast and furious more than likely. Um, only like 10 players have held out since the um, new CBA was established that really doesn't give you anything if you hold out. Like Joey Bosa did, but the only thing you can really hope for is offset language. So um, if, like, essentially if you get cut and another team signs you, you don't get extra money. The uh, the Chargers have to give you less money than in the case of Joey Bosa. And he was like, no, if you cut me, I want all of it. And that was the battle. And they figured it out, thankfully. But that's pretty much all you can fight for at this point and structure. Um, some guys want to just play for the minimum and want the signing bonus up front. Um, NFL teams want to spread that out a little bit more, um, but those are really the only things you have. Dave, how are you? I am doing good. It's been a busy Monday. However, it's one of those days where, you know, take two steps forward, three steps back type of deal. And I'm nowhere near done what I wanted to get done. But we're taking a break to talk some football, check out the film, See how good these actual guys look. Now, of course, they're going to look better in purple, but it is going to be something interesting to see. Aaron, yes, humid today down here in Texas. Yeah, let's have some fun. Dave, let's fire it up. We're going to start with Jaron Hall tonight. And why are you starting with Jaron Hall? Those were the first clips I uploaded. That's why we're starting with Jaron Hall. Um, I was wondering. No, it, that was it was honestly the only reason why. Um, 
there was no other reason. Um, it would make sense to start with Addison, but I uploaded the Hall clips first, so we're going to do Hall first. Mm-hmm. Um, to Dave, answer what are you uh, Justin's today? question, bourbon and uh, soda. Yeah, but what kind of bourbon? It's, oh, I don't remember. It's one of the fancier ones. I'm trying to kill the bottles. So. Mm. Oh, yeah, so, so you can move? Right. We don't want to be moving, you know, 30 bottles of partially filled bottles. So. Mm-hmm. Okay, I want to answer this question while you upload this first clip, Dave, and get it ready oh, to roll because I know. You just tell me. Get it on the screen. I, I'm going to answer this question first. Um, the. Uh, um, Hungy. So it's in reference to me hosting the Good, the Bad, and the Hungy, an AEW podcast on the Voice of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Hungy is kind of a joke. Um, so there is um, there's a wrestler named John Silver. He's five five. He's built like a muscle hamster. Um, and in one of like the offshoots of the company, it's called um, Being the Elite, where it's just the elite do a YouTube show. They tr- they kept that when AEW was formed. Because they started it when they were on the Indies. John Silver's nickname is Johnny Hungy. So the idea is it's the good, the bad, and the and the ugly. But instead of ugly, we use Hungy. That nice little pun. Um, and yeah, it's just an AEW centric thing. <clears throat> That's it. Now, are you going to introduce this clip? This is the bucket yes. clip. All right. Wait, this one's the bucket one. I gave you the okay. list. Which one do you want first? No, the the, um, the setup of this doesn't look like the bucket one. It looks like a different one. That's what I was asking. Okay. So one of the things that Jaron Hall is great at is dropping it in a bucket. And what I mean by that is you've heard me use the analogy before. He is going to, th- like, if you put a five-gallon bucket 50 yards down the field, he'll hit it. Like, Jaron Hall is just that good. Um, and it's one of the things that he's, it's his honestly his best trait. So, Dave, um, roll it and then pause it at the start of his drop back. Okay. Uh, Richard, to answer your question, the Hungy has nothing to do with Vikings football other than Tyler does a podcast for the Wrestling Network, and Mm -hmm. that is why they use that. And we're going to start, pause at the drop back. Yep. So you can see play action, Jaron Hall drops back. And then you can see the receiver at the top of the screen. I believe it's Chase Roberts. No, it's not Chase Roberts. I can't remember who it is. But he's going to end up running a post. And he's going to clear the safety and then go ahead and hit play, Dave. And then as he's clearing the safety, because he's approaching the safety, he's, they split the defense, and bada-bing, you have yourself a touchdown. And or hold on. Same thing. No, that was Puka. Okay. That was Puka running a seam. It, it's blurry. I I thought this was the post. But it's the same concept. So you see Puka Nakua down in the slot. He's just going to run right at, at the corner. The corner's not going to be able to touch him at the stem where the, they really determine where the route is going. He just blitzes by him. Uh, Jaron Hall uh, is able to look off the safety just enough, and the safety can't get over to help. But it's the throw. Look at how accurate and well-placed the throw is. And then the receiver can just run right to the corner with no no issues whatsoever. Like, this is what you're getting from Hall. You're getting a guy who knows how to place the football, and we're going to talk more about that here um, 
as we continue on with these clips. But this is this is what Hall's going to give you. He is a guy who's going to Odie. No, why why do you have a shoe? And as you may notice, he stands in there as the pocket is collapsing in on him to make this mm-hmm. throw, which is another good sign. Very good sign. All right, Dave, let's get the second clip up. This is far hash. All right, so you see him. It's he completes a simple fifteen yard out route. But what, what I want you to do is watch. He gets his drop back, completely turns his body, and without really being able to completely drive on the football, hits a 15-yard out from the far hash with placement and anticipation. This is a big boy throw. This is stuff that Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen hit. Um, Kirk can hit this. You, If you can hit this, that will separate you from the other quarterbacks because this is an incredibly difficult throw, and especially at college, if you take a look, those hash marks are twice as wide. So it's an extra, like, it's nine yards from the center of the field where that hash mark is. So by the time it gets over there, that's like a 40-yard width. So he's throwing a, a tangent of basically 40 yards to make uh, to complete a 15-yard pass. I want somebody to notice. Look where the first down marker is. Beyond the first down. That's what I like about that throw. So I agree, Dave, but I will say contextually, that doesn't matter here because I believe this was first down. Uh, this is this is just about you're throwing to a spot. You're getting it to that spot on time with good placement and making sure the corner has nothing to do with it. I, I, I see what you're saying, and it makes complete sense, but... Yeah, it's it's too hard to again. judge because this, yeah, this is a right. this is a first down line of scrimmage was let's back this up. Line of scrimmage was on the twenty eight. Ball goes towards the forty one. Yeah, thirteen yard yeah, pass. Great. Now great that was the first down. You see the first down marker right over here. I'm not sure you can see my hand, but if you look to the left of the first down marker where he went out, go 10 yards back, you see the yard marker mm-hmm. where they started. So he didn't throw short on fourth and eight. Yes, he did not throw short on fourth and eight, as Dan just pops into the uh, chat as at the perfect time. Uh, with that same bit, I, look, I love that. All right, we're gonna go with the third one. This is this is the throw I thought was gonna start off. This okay? is the layered corner. So, yep. So this is a smash concept, and here's what a smash concept is: shallow the receiver at the bottom of the screen is gonna run a little five yard hitch, and then the slot receiver is gonna run a corner route. You, this is basically to get this bottom corner in conflict. So here, pause it, Dave. All right, so this pause. Where do you want pause? Right there. Okay, so this this bottom corner is going to tell you exactly what you're doing here. So if he sticks too far to the the hitch receiver, you can layer the football over the top of the corner <clears throat> and hit the corner route to the receiver. If he bails back, you hit the hitch route and you take the quick five yards. That's what this concept is designed to do. It's to put that corner in conflict because he essentially has to cover two people he like this is where you can manipulate zones and boom 
Easy pickings. But this is a brilliant throw because you have to be able to layer it over. If you throw it too short, that see how close that corner got? That corner can come back. But because it's thrown to the outside shoulder, towards the sidelines, deep enough, the safety can't get to it either. This is just dropping it in a bucket. This is that continuousness of what Jaron Hall can bring to you as far as layering the football, hitting areas. Anybody, like, if Dave was standing 20 yards from me, I could throw the football and accurately to him. Anybody can do that. But it's about being able to do so when there are variables surrounding you that you can't control. So what do you do? You try to manipulate them as best you can. You try to control them. You can't always do that, but you can do enough. And the smash concept here gave enough of a window to be able to uh, hit that. Aaron, Anthony Richardson hits the throw with regularity too. Like, yeah. I love the idea of, hey, we love our guy, but I'd still take Richardson 10 out of 10. And I, I'm <laughs> Jaron Hall's biggest fan outside of his family. Like, I mean, you guys have seen my Twitter profile. I went ballistic when it happened. I, I think I had, like, I was just happy as hell the entire day. I had butterflies in my stomach. Like, Aaron I was is just correct. Stoked. Value wise, if Hall turns out, it is it is a steal. But we're liking what we see so far. He's got arm strength to make cross the field throws so far, and he's placing the ball where it needs to be, as demonstrated on this pass. Mm-hmm. I think. Those are all good things. I don't know if we saw that from Mond. We knew he had arm strength, but there was other issues. Well, the one thing Mond will always have is his pond, and that's always a good thing. <laughs> Mond pond, baby. All right, let's go with the next one. Back um, somebody mentioned in the chat. Yep, somebody mentioned in the chat earlier the back shoulder throws. So here, if you, Aaron Rodgers would kill teams with this for years with Jordy Nelson, Devonte Adams, you basically run a go route. And then all of a sudden, the receiver just stops, and the ball's right on his back shoulder. Um, and this is exactly what that is. Hits the back shoulder perfectly. And this is done on purpose. It's not an underthrow. Yes. This is, this is intentional because it's an easy way to create space from the corner without having to really worry about beating him. And... You can beat him without just going over the top or creating massive separation. You can manipulate separation. One of the ways to do that is by throwing this football. And now this is against Oregon. Like, if is that number zero, Dave? Because I think that's zero. If it's zero or eleven, the, slipped the and fell. I, it's too blurry for me, so I honestly can't see it. But I think the corner. It's eleven. Oh no, that's that's eleven. Okay. Because I was going to say, I think that was against Christian Gonzalez, who went 17th overall of the Patriots. But they they did they were able to get Gonzalez a couple times in this game. Uh, but it's those simple things. Like it's just because it's simple doesn't make it easy. Um, like there's a lot of really good stuff here. Oh no, that takes. It's not easy. That takes mental thought from him. Where do I place this ball? Anticipating where the receiver's going to be moving the receiver over, and you're doing that by throwing outside shoulder. 
and where everybody's going to be at the end when the ball gets there. So it takes some forethought and doing that in a split second as people are rushing against you. Let's see the pass rush on this. He's got good time. Makes it happen. Now, where was he looking to start off with before he turned left? He looked left. He stayed left. Okay. The next clip is far hash out. Actually, this this is the same. This is the same play. That's the same I'll one. Just, yep. So we're we're gonna start moving into concepts. Okay. Okay. Let's go. So dagger. This. All right. So here, don't let it run. Okay. So what you're gonna see here, guys, you, at the top of the screen, there's two receivers. The inside one on the top, the slot receiver, he's gonna run a go route. He can also run a post. Uh, both of those are, are common with daggers. So what they want to do is you want to keep this deep safety occupied, all right? And the deep safety right now is over the top of the the wide receiver, which tells you it's one, either going to be man coverage of the safety, or two, it's going to be a zone. It, it ends up playing as a zone. Top co- a receiver right here is going to run a dig route. So a dig route is just an in. He's going to run to about the 45, and he's going to cut straight in, and then Hall's going to hit that. That's the dagger concept. So go ahead and hit play, Dave. So watch watch how narrow the window is here. There are three guys, all with the ability to be able to get their hands on the football, but Hall places it perfectly, and you're going to see that right here. Hall does a great job of threading the needle. Take a look. That that gap looks huge, but it's not. Like that is that is an NFL throw. He gets it just outside where the linebacker knows that he can't um, he can't actually get to it. And this is this is a concept run by every NFL team, including the Minnesota Vikings. Everybody runs dagger. That dig is almost always open on dagger. And this is an example of him just being able to do make NFL throws and NFL reads. All right, let's let's go to the next one. This is this is leak. Why leak is a very very common play, especially in zone systems. Uh something this play exactly um the Thursday night game, the 49ers and the Seahawks. The Niners ran this for a touchdown with Brock Purdy. George Kittle is the tight end who catches the ball. All right, so pause it, Dave. Okay, so what you saw is play action uh, fake, quick uh, pump fake to the left, pump fake to the right. Now, this tight end that you see wide open in the middle of the screen next to the ref, he pretends to block initially. And by pretending to block, yeah, he gets the uh, whoever's responsibility is to cover him a little disinterested. All right? So... He's in line. He fakes a block, gets it's not contact. A fake. It's a chip. Yeah. Well, chip fake in this context, it's the same thing. He so makes contact. Then he's then he sneaks out, and now he's wide open. Hit him for a touchdown. Leak is a very common principle in the NFL, and being able to show that at the college level is huge for Jaron Hall and the Minnesota Vikings. 
this is just great stuff. Let's go to the next one, Dave. Um, this is uh, like where he's – Hold on. Yeah. Anytime a tight end catches a touchdown, I'm all for that. <laughs> Boom, baby. Now, imagine that with Hawkinson. <laughs> I know. Now I've got Odie sitting over here chewing on a bone. He's a happy boy. Here's the scramble. All right, so this one, it's, it's against East Carolina. They ran a lot of empty sets, so five wide. And Hall's going to see that there's nobody open, but in, in, in that sense, he's also going to see that there's a pathway to be able to get yards. So watch, watch the play develop. Nobody open. Hall sees that he, he can run straight up the middle, and then he ends up veering towards the sidelines. Most importantly, not only does he get 20 yards, he gets out of bounds and avoids taking a big hit, especially the guy who's had the injury history of Hall. These are the kind of things you want to see. You want to see him making smart decisions, but you're also seeing him making plays, creating off script. Uh, like this is This is good stuff. See his lineman driving the defenders outside. Hole opens up. He takes it fast mm-hmm. enough to get past the yep. crashing tight end and def- or defensive end and tackle. All right. And uh, for those wondering, um, Odie gets fed at about seven seven thirty. So don't worry, he's on his right feeding schedule. He just loves his bones. All right. This next clip is going to kind of show an example of him creating, but not creating on the run. He's he's actually going to throw on the move. So it's, this is less of creating and more of a designed rollout. You, so they did this thing at BYU where it's almost like a quarterback play action where he stands in the pocket for like a second and then starts his rollout. It, it kind of freezes the linebackers. And Hall, just like Kirk Cousins, can throw well against his body can throw well on the run, and hit those passes with accuracy. Now, he does it better uh, not against pressure than against pressure, just like everybody else. But th- this is the kind of stuff you like seeing. You like seeing him being able to do multiple things, and especially especially because he's, he's kind of a smaller guy. You've got to be able to have something to be able to help you enhance your skill set. And this is exactly what Hall has. Well, Kirk Cousins runs this play to, to a high level. Mm-hmm. They do a little bit of a different um, way t- as far as the play action. They don't have Kirk stand in the pocket like that. Uh, they they have Kirk do a traditional play action in bada bing. But that's okay. You modify things for the player that you have, and they do just that. Next up, we're, we're going to talk about um, how Jaron Hall deals with pressure. And we're going to start with positive, then we're going to do negatives. So this, he, he senses the pressure really well, evades it with a quick sidestep, and throws a perfectly placed football. And honestly, a throw he probably shouldn't have made, but you'll see why. So uh, the receiver, like he's in tight coverage. There's a linebacker draped in front of him. And he has to dive back to catch the football. 
as you could see, that linebacker crossed the face of the receiver pretty quickly and was eerily close to being able to get that football. Do you want to throw that? Nah, probably not, but it worked and it was perfect placement. So it's it's hard to like it's hard to really downgrade him for that. It reminds me of Brett Favre early in his career with Mike Holmgren, at where he'd make just a stupid throw and it end up working. And Holmgren would be like, "Nice job! Don't ever do that again." But nice job. But you like, look at the height of, of that this ball. This reminds me. It's high enough to get over his head, the linebacker's head. That linebacker's going to have to jump like crazy. Now mm-hmm. it's close. But what what I'm saying is, you probably shouldn't have made the throw, but he made the throw, so it was it was a good throw. Mm-hmm. Like it was an ill advised good throw. Uh, Norris Forrest, don't worry. Yeah, it'll watch now, and then go back and watch what you miss. That's the nice part of it being live and then on demand. You can watch it at your convenience. All right, now we're going to talk about some of the issues he has with pressure. Now this one. He, he's going to get pressured, and he's just going to chuck the ball. Um, he he knows where the receivers are, so he doesn't get an intentional grounding. But this one is it's frustrating because you see him see the pressure, and then he just chucks it. He doesn't try to bail, but it's also almost a good thing that he just he understands where he can put the ball where it's not even an issue. Um, You'd like to see a little bit more, but there really wasn't a whole lot more he could do here. Well, he was falling on his back foot and he lofted it, which is just sort of dangerous. But he, ha- you can see he has enough arm to get it out of bounds mm-hmm. and clear, which is a good thing. Now, the next clip, now two clips down or three clips down, we're going to question that. Mm-hmm. So th- this one is where where you really see some of the frustrations in, in uh, under pressure. So Hall's going to do a play-action fake, and he's going to throw it to the top receiver. But you're going to see how he maneuvers the pocket and what that does to his stance. So, Dave, right after he maneuvers, I want you to hit pause. So he's, he's going to do that, and then hit play one more time. He's going to slide up. He's going to kind of drift towards the sideline. And then when he drifts towards the sideline, you can see his base get really wide. And what when that base gets really wide, he doesn't have the ability to like narrow his feet and then drive the football. So he's using all arm. Because he's using all arm, that ball sails. He drifts away, keeps that really wide base, and it goes high. He has the guy open, but he misses him because of poor mechanics. And those poor mechanics are because he was under pressure. Like, you want to see improvement in this area. Like, yeah, you don't need to throw the ball there. You can you can step up in the pocket, not drift away. Because if you step up in the pocket, you're going to be able to drive that football and hit it with accuracy. Like, he's not a perfect prospect. There's th- This kind of stuff happens on his tape a lot. And... One of the reasons why he was not viewed as highly as he probably should have been based on his talent. Aaron, you're right. Drew Brees was not tall, about the same size, six foot, six foot one. Uh, Russell falls in that same category.
Now, this is your, what are you doing, Click. All right, so he's going to face pressure, and he's going to roll out to his left, and then he's just going to make a bozo throw. This is the kind of stuff that Case Keenum used to do, and it would drive me bonkers. So play the clip. He's he's going to have – it's going to be a a wheel route. Okay, so the, I think it's the tight end is going to run a wheel where he fakes the flat route then sells deep. Well, Jaron Hall makes it seems to think that he's not running a wheel and he's running some kind of stop route because he just throws it right to the defender. That's – not great, Bob. Well, this is one where he has to fix it. You know, they talked about the receiver running the wrong route, and they did that test. And he says, I've got to make that. I've got to fix that. This is one of those. Whether the tight end ran the correct route and he got it wrong or tight end run ran the wrong route and he got it, didn't read it right. Dave. I think this is that play that they asked him about. I can, okay. I don't know 100%, but I believe this is that play. Now, I want to All see right. where his eyes are. Watch his eyes. He's looking, looking, looking. Looks left a bit. I don't know why he didn't see that there he is. Number zero. Sitting there. But. Mm-hmm. Now, I would like to see more head movement. Watching where he's looking now. He, if you see, if you watched him as he dropped back, you saw his head look right, and then came back left. You want to look off the safeties. You want to give indicators to the defense that you're scanning, looking, looking for openings. We'll probably have a better view from here now, and I don't see it look right on that. So he's got to be better with that, or he's going to telegraph. Thanks, North Force. Uh, yes, please hit that like and subscribe. It does help, believe it or not. Next one. Uh, we apologize for the quality of this. It was a low-quality clip to start off with. Mm-hmm. But we are going to show it anyways. Because okay. you can see blue versus white and green. Mm-hmm. This is a, a another example of him dropping the bucket. Just a simple drop back. He's going to throw a fade to the far corner of the end zone. Just a perfect, perfect throw where only the receiver can get it. Now imagine I don't that have being access. Justin Jefferson, KJ, TJ, uh, Jordan Addison, J.A. Any one of those guys could have caught that ball. Mm-hmm. This is, this is why... This is one of the plays that reaffirmed my love for Jaron Hall. Um, this is like just this is just brilliant stuff. This is next level NFL quarterback play, but he's not consistent, and that's his biggest flaw. And a- as we kind of continue to talk about him as far as progressing, he needs to be consistent. If he can do that, you may have a potential starter in your hands. But if he can't, backup. That's all he's ever going to be. Um, this is. He throws it right to the pylon, which you're supposed to do on a fade route. The corner has zero chance to even get his hand on the ball, which is also what you're supposed to do. And the receiver makes a good catch. And that's true freshman Chase Roberts. Not even an older player. True freshman. Great stuff. All right, now 
we're going to switch over to Jordan Addison. And we're going to talk kind of about how his route running makes such a big uh, impact on the game. So, uh, his first one is going to be a whip route. You're going to see him at the bottom of the screen. He is going to run. Um, it looks, it's going to look like a slant. Then he's going to stop, dip his hips, and explode back to the outside. And that's called a whip. It's to try and, It's to get the cornerback to go one way and then take your momentum the other way, get quick separation, get five yards, quick touchdown. Justin Jefferson runs this a lot. He, against the Colts, he ran what's called a return route, which yeah, you, you basically – fit like fake fake an inside whip but then go back to the outside and boom so this is a very common route especially deep in the red zone because you're seeing a lot more one-on-one coverage where you just need to beat one guy and addison his route running is so quick so precise and explosive in and out of cuts that this is exactly what he's going to be able to give you he's going to give you this type of ability i think luke braun calls it see you later Bingo, bango, bongo. This that- this one's pretty simple. This next one is fun. This one looks like uh, he went. Uh, <laughs> he was playing American Ninja Warrior. Okay, so he's at the very top of the screen. He's gonna run straight at the corner. The corner's gonna get physical with him, but instead of hey, I'm just gonna get physical back. He uses that physicality, ducks his head like he's about to run under a table, and then sprints to the outside creating instant separation. This is awesome stuff. Now, the ball went the other direction, of course, but... With receivers, if you get open when the ball's not being thrown to you, you can get open when the ball's being thrown to you. It's about creating separation and getting open. So, Mm -hmm. even though he didn't catch the ball, that doesn't matter. Well, and it shows he's not dogging it on plays that aren't going his direction. We heard a lot of that in the run up to the draft that some receivers do that, and he is not one of them. Mm -hmm. Aaron, I agree. This could be a very dangerous offense with him in it. Oh, hi, Odie. Odie just came back upstairs. I'm letting him roam the house today because (laughs) when I recorded a Purple Daily on draft earlier today, he got real annoyed at about the 30-minute mark. I'm like, all right, I'm going to let you roam the house, Odie. We're going to trust you. He's being a good boy. Doug, All right. hopefully eventually. Yeah, we'll find out. This one is – so you're going to hear this term at the stem. So at the stem is the top of the route where you determine where you're going to go. It's either going to be – you're going to cut back with a hitch or a comeback. You're going to go in or out, post or corner, or deep. This one is a fade, It's and it's a slot fade, Okay. So you're going to see uh, Jordan Addison. He's going to run right at the corner. He's going to take a really hard step and then break outside of the fade. And you see that separation he creates? W- watch him. That hard step, he gets the corner to flip his hips, and then he's got to turn all the way around in order to get back in line to stay in phase. Like This is when you are a guy like Addison and you can't win physicality, you've got to win like this. And he does, and he does it consistently. Like, this is great stuff from Madison. Like, you can't ask for anything more. 
if he can do that to NFL corners, he's going to get a lot of balls thrown his way. Mm-hmm. And you got to remember, he's not going to be double teamed. JJ will be. So it's going to be a one-on-one like that. And if he can beat it, that would be awesome. What <laughs> weirds me out on this clip is that the Trojans are wearing blue uniforms. Mm-hmm. All right. A couple things. Doug, hello to you as well. Thank you for watching. Uh, Dr. Proto, um, Odie is a family member. But just like uh, with a baby, you don't let the baby roam the house because you have to be able to trust them to roam the house. Odie, is, Odie likes to pee and poop everywhere. And he's getting a lot better about peeing outside. But he also pees and poops everywhere. So, And because he's still kind of teething, it's we have to be able to trust him. And we don't fully trust him yet. Uh, but we're, we're starting to give him chances and he's growing. But eventually, he will just have full reign of the house at all times, no matter what. He's just a puppy. He's not there yet. Um, but, all right, enough about my dog, even though I'm sure half of you would love to hear me talk about him for the next 20 minutes. Let's go to – so this one, he's, he's – I call this slithering through coverage. To the naked eye, he's just running an in route, okay? But what's really impressive about this, and he's the one who makes the catch. He's able to run through the defenders without anybody laying, like getting contact on him. And that's impressive. You can see Addison, far right. He's running basically through two guys around one of them, and nobody touches him. And being that he's 173 pounds and not the most physical player, being able to just avoid getting touched and not knocked off the axis of his route. So he can just continue on with that timing. Because if you get knocked off of your route, that could screw up the timing. That can lead to incompletions. It can lead to interceptions. Like It, it can be bad. And because he doesn't have the most physical and strong frame, being able to avoid people getting in contact with him is good. This is what you want to see. It's just savviness as a route runner. And this shows up a lot on his tape where he just understands how to play the game and win. Yes, Odie, I hear your Easter egg. But you won't give it to me. Yeah. It's his. Well, he wants me to throw it, but he won't give it to me because he's a turkey. Aren't you? See, on this particular route, I love how he went behind. It's either the nickel or the linebacker. Mm-hmm. He runs behind. You don't, cross the, you don't cross their face, so they don't know to follow you. Right. It's... This is just route running savvy at its finest. Let's go to the next one where it's going to show a different element of this kind of same thing. But this is varying tempo. Okay? So you're going to roll back to the start, please, Dave. So Jordan Addison is going to be right. See that arrow? Right here. Okay? So he's going to start off slow. And then once he gets to the linebacker, he's going to speed up and then get to this open hole in the zone in the corner. But because he does that, like, nobody, nobody – one is selling that he – oh, he might block. And two, nobody's going to pick him up. And <laughs> and then uh, because he also does that, it creates enough time for Caleb Williams to get the ball there with the play action fake. Uh, and bada bing, bada boom. You are sitting in a great spot. 
Okay, bud. Here you go. How old is o- Odie? He will be 11 months on the 23rd. So he's 10 and a half right now. And if you if you know French Bulldogs, they are stubborn. So it's really hard to, to get him to be super consistent with a lot. Um, and especially with peeing and pooping. This, he So we had him in the crate for the majority of eight hours. We had a neighbor let him let him out, eat, pee, about four hours in. My wife bought me tickets to go see Blink-182 last Thursday. Odie decides to greet us when we let him out of the crate by peeing on the, on the hardwood, peeing outside, and then he comes upstairs, pees on the bed, and then as we're taking the sheets off, he pees directly on the mattress. I... I the, the only thing I can think of is this is a revenge pee. And yeah. Um but yeah, Odie's <laughs> Odie's a great dog, but oh my gosh, he's a turkey. Um all right, so this next one. Um he's gonna Oh wait, this isn't the This which, is attacking is the this? blind spot. Okay, this is the blind spot one. All right. Um Richard, Odie does not know how to run her out yet, but you better believe I'm gonna try and teach him. Okay. So this is attacking the blind spot, and here's what that means. You get the corner to where his body is facing one direction, and then you attack the area where he cannot see. So when you you look at this play, the corner is going to eventually be completely as have his hips turned to the sidelines, and then Addison's going to attack the sidelines. So watch it play out, and you'll see exactly what I mean. See the corner's turned? So then Addison hard steps, pushes to the outside, and he attacks that blind spot, and he gets the corner all out of sorts. Now, Caleb Williams is late on this, and he makes a poor throw. But the idea of, hey, I'm going to attack where you're not looking to make you think and to just uh, manipulate what you're doing is great stuff. You, you like being able to see that. Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs do this all the time. Justin Jefferson as well. You want to see them taking advantage of people. And it, this is perfect. Mm-hmm. Hey, we got like two it. more clips. We got two more clips left, and then we're going to call it a night. Um, yeah, Dr. Proto, yeah. Um, WTF, bro, I agree. Um, Odie was not on the favorites list that night, let me tell you. Um, but we love him anyways. Uh, all right. This one, this is, one is the yak. Getting you. Getting yards after the catch. This is just a simple bubble screen. Okay, it's a, so it's more specifically this is a, this is like a tunnel screen. So he's going to take a couple hard steps. He's going to tunnel in, and then he's just going to use his vision, savvy, and explosiveness to avoid getting touched. Get a touchdown. He's good with the ball in his hands. Now he's not elite with the ball in his hands, but he's very good. And boom, Norris Forrest, I've tried that. He's a Frenchie. He just does it again. But uh, he's he will go outside. He rings the bell to go outside. Frenchies just take a long time. And, yeah, they take a long time. All right, so this is all the, all the good parts of Jordan Addison. And the, there's more. But I wanted to at least highlight these plays because they really stood out to me. This is where things are not great, Okay. This is where his physicality really, um, really hinders him. Um, he's at the bottom, and then whoop! 
He basically, yeah. he basically gets touched and he goes kablooey. Was it that or did he get tripped? I didn't think it was a trip. I still don't. I think he gets pushed. I think there's an element of it, but I think there's there's physicality to the shoulder area, and that's why he really. Well, I see that, but let's see if I can if we can zoom in a little bit. That's as far as we can zoom. Back it up, because look at his legs. He comes across. Boom. Right there. Back one frame. It looks like his left left leg gets clipped. And he goes down. He wasn't hitting the shoulder. It was his left. Well, now it looks like the right. But one of the legs was clipped. And running it at speed, you see his leg flop right there. I think it was tripped. Well, I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. Just ask my wife. But. <laughs> bada Aaron bing, asks, bada boom. All right. Aaron, I hope uh, Adam Thielen is correct. Put it that way. It would be nice. I don't think he is, but yeah, I hope he is. Um, I really don't think he's a wide receiver one in this league. I don't think he's a wide receiver two in this league, and that's not even a slight to KJ Osborne. He's worked incredibly hard after being drafted, not even as a receiver, as a punt returner, to be able to get to this point and be as successful as he is. But there's a effort only gets you so far. It only gets you so far, and. I don't think it's going to be able to get him much farther than where he's at. And that's that's not a slight. It's just it's just kind of reality. And we'll find out. I think Jordan Addison is going to be number two by the end of the year. Um, I really do. And I KJ suspect Osborne there will be is, within early, within a few weeks, if not less. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, Dave, that's our show. A lot well, of good stuff here tonight. I want to give a shout-out to Justin. Justin's been watching, and he talked about the schedule coming out on Thursday and Purple and Gold for Days is going to be doing a show. We plan on commenting as well. However, Justin, just give it a little heads up. It may not come out on Thursday. There's word. I think it was uh, Peter King came out and said uh, there may be a delay Dave, that uh, they they've right. got it figured out. Uh, later in the day, they did officially announce it's be dropping Thursday. Boo! All right, then I'm behind the power curve, and that's a good thing. Awesome. And we're gonna. What does PA say? I don't see uh, a loss. <laughs> I, I, was, I was trying to figure out. I yeah, good stuff. All right, well, that is our show. We will have some extra content for you on Thursday talking about um, the schedule release. Probably just 15, 20 minutes just because mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot you can really grab from it. Um, we already know who we're playing. I will not be yeah, I will not be predicting wins and losses. I, I, I refuse. I will not. 
but I'll probably have somebody do it for Vikings Wire because people love that stuff, and I, I, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Well, I will predict one thing. We got to play the Eagles this year at Philadelphia. Watch it be in prime time and watch it be late in the season when it's cold and nasty. Okay. I'm in. Sounds good. What have you got coming up for Wednesday? Wednesday, I'm going to be honest. I'm not 100% sure where we're going to talk about Wednesday. We're, we may do some schedule talk. We may do uh, some overall um, thoughts. We may do start. We may talk about like a um, early prediction on a 53-man roster. I haven't decided yet. We're going to kind of let let things flow, and Dave and I will get that ironed out, and we will have a concrete plan and a really good show for you on Wednesday. Sometimes the mystery vortex ends up being the best shows, so you will <laughs> not want to miss it. What about a question and answer question and answer program? We are planning on doing questions. that. I, I am planning on doing that, but I think we're going to save that for when there's even less content, like okay. end of May or into June, because then we're not going to have anything to talk about. So we're going to give them more time. <laughs> well, this was our first break clip breakdown with what we had. I thought it went exceedingly well. Thank you for sending those early so I can get them loaded. And what do we say, brother? Skull Vikings. Everybody, I want to thank you for watching, as usual, and Skull Vikings! Like, subscribe, and ring the bell to get notifications. It helps us grow this community, and we all love our Minnesota Vikings. And on behalf of Tyler Fornis and myself, Dave Stefano, thank you so dearly for watching The Real Forno Show. Skull, everyone!